If you're planning on buying something from Plugin Boutique, help us out and visit through our special magic link at a4ppodcast.com or in the episode description. It'll give your friends Timmy and Jimmy a little kickback and your price will remain just the same. Welcome to Appetite for Production, live from Utoxita Racecourse. <laughs> wow. Actually, we're not live, but we are in life. Yeah. Hi, James. You're a real person. I can see you. I can feel you. I can touch you. I can smell you. We're sitting in the same room for the first time in a few months. So uh, the episode quality, man, it's going to go from like 5% <laughs> to like 8%. Oh, wow. Wicked. I'm freaking out, James. What's happening? My name is James Russell. I uh, am Mr plug-in man i do a lot of things with plugins and doors and this is tim kant he does what uh i'm a music technology sort of journalist slash content creator and i do stuff about other plugins and bits of software and stuff wow that sounds exciting <laughs> oh, it's, it's not even as exciting as it sounds mate and together we are appetite production podcast yay today we've got plenty of piddling crap to talk about <laughs> and so we're going to take you through it one grinding thing at a time <laughs> let's grind it out buddy Tim, something incredible has happened. Really? You know how all producers hate iLock? Yes. Although I, apart from, I don't mind it. Uh, I've only had trouble with it like one time. Yeah, like all producers hate iLock. I think, I think it's people who are on Windows who hate iLock. But we've, have we had a segment on this? Shut up. All okay. producers <laughs> hate iLock. <laughs> right, okay. All people of all stripes, races, creeds, colours hate USB-C connections, correct? Well, that's true. I mean, I don't even use them, really. So what happens when <gasps> those two things merge, converge, and splurge? Um, so what, this is USB-C iLock? Yeah. They've come Dongle, up, is it? Oh, wow. They've come up with a, a USB-C iLock about, what, five years after most computers started being USB-C only? and everyone hey, goes, hey, let them have a chance to, you know, think about all the various things they need to consider or whatever and do it properly, right? So have they done it properly? I believe so, but yeah. I just wanted to point out that when two things that people generally don't like, although some people are fine with iLock and that's fine, and some people maybe are okay with USB-C. Mm -hmm. I think there's a couple <laughs> couple in like Kazakhstan in the middle of nowhere somewhere who are fine with USB-C. But when these two things merge, you, you got to mention it. So maybe this will be a case of two negatives creating a positive. Nah. Though I can't really see how. Nah. So you can buy yourself a iLock USB-C and uh, throw your USB-C to USB-A adapter away. <laughs> you can get some kind of way to transfer your licenses across, which is uh, good, I guess. <laughs> it will cost you 60 US clams for the pleasure. Wow, okay. That's a significant investment, I guess. And I just wanted to take this opportunity to uh, read you some corporate jargon because oh, real. you know that when the iLock comes out, you got some real corporate jargon in there. Mm. Many people asked for a USB-C version of the iLock, and here it is, explained Andrew Kirk, Vice President of Pace Anti-Piracy Inc. 
More computers are entering the market with USB Type-C ports, no shit. And our new iLock USB-C allows users with USB-C ports to use our licensing key without the need of additional adapters. What do you think of that, Tim? Okay, here's my question. Wow. I thought all of these computers that came out had like two USB-C ports for some reason or whatever. So you basically had to use uh, regular old school USB hubs anyway for all your stuff. Probably. It would also be very nice if the iLock USB-C could have a, another USB-C port at the end. So oh, like a through sort of thing. Yeah, USB-C through. How many... I see you have a, a laptop computer here, James. Yeah. How many uh, USB-C ports have you got on there, buddy? I have four stinking USB-C no, ports No, I guess that's right, I guess. They're currently, like, uh, it's unusual, but they're currently all in use. That does not surprise me, because I have, as you know, I'm sure we've talked about it before, I have, like, a 10 uh, USB USB connection hub and, and then another 10 hub and the different i know then i have another four hub one of which doesn't work plugged into that hub so i've got 13 slots and that's just on the hubs that's wow. without the regular computer ones as well or whatever and they're always plugged in all the time this is top quality content <laughs> yeah 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 hey let me let me tell you what i've got plugged in <laughs> so i think it's all hard drives yeah, basically I, I was about to list like exactly what's currently plugged into my laptop and then i i no come on this I, is what the people want i checked myself and i said no Look, yep, let, okay, look, allow me to ask one question. Yep. What's the what's the iPad plugged into? <laughs> the iPad is plugged into the computer to charge. Oh, uh, just to charge. It's not doing anything clever. It's or not anything. doing anything uh, clever. Okay, okay, I mean, okay, it could okay. do so much clever stuff, obviously. Um, well, sometimes I've plugged my phone into the computer via USB to use it as another camera source, James. Uh, yes. High tech. Fair enough, fair enough. You could potentially use it as another... Why am I talking about mm. this? Anyway, the iLock is now USB-C. Two things that people generally don't like have uh, come together in this lovely thing and it's $60. That's end of story, end of story. We don't need to talk about this anymore. To me, there is this plugin company that I've been uh, checking out for quite a while. They are called Sonic Lab and they make some hugely in-depth plugins, I think is the best way to put it. If you have a degree in physics, these plugins might be for you. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I suppose I had to do a very small amount of physics as part of my uh, music technology uh, I said, degree. I said mm-hmm. a degree mm-hmm. in physics, Tim. A degree oh, in okay. physics. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Like, if, if Stephen Hawking were alive today and he wanted to process <laughs> his, uh, his, his, voice. his voice thingy with some plugins, which I'm sure he would. I don't know. I think the I think his voice sounded badass without any processing, but what, whatever, this is conjecture. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> if he wanted a plugin, he'd probably go for Sonic Lab plugins. They have a lot of interesting features. Let me, let me take you through this plugin. It is, I guess, technically a synth is the best way to put it. Technically it is, a synth? It is called Thermo. They call it a self-regulating hyper-oscillator engine inspired by thermodynamic systems. You get me there. Self-regulating? What have I been doing my whole life with these non-self-regulating since I've had to regulate manually like Uh, an idiot? They say that the four oscillators are in continuous interaction, sending each other their signals. Each (laughs) oscillator engine checks its environment conditions and takes decisions. Self-regulates in reaction to those changes. Applied by, guess what, Tim? The stochastic modulators. Hell yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> wow, wicked. There's a lot of crazy plugins by these guys. In fact, let me let me just pour one out. Cosmos F Saturn this, Eight. For the for the listeners, this website has all kinds of plugin interfaces just eerily floating over the top of it <laughs> in a kind of a sinister manner. If you consider yourself a nerd of any sort, you'd be well advised to check out. Uh, oh, these Sonic are the guys Man. that make Cosmos. <laughs> yes, Cosmos, which is now at version eight. And it's wow. A, a dynamic stochastic synth in space. It has a load of crazy things about it. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. We wanted to talk about Thermo and we wanted to uh, play you uh, the, the trailer video and show oh, you some okay. sounds. Here they are. Oh, it sounds very noisy. Oh. Oh, it does sound like electricity. Wow, wow, wow. Is this the noise it makes? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Flipping heck. I'll turn that down. <laughs> oh, Lord. This, to me, sounds like Russian 70s sci-fi brought to auditory life, James. What do you reckon? Yes, I love it. Mm. What was that one? Generator? Uh, what, what, the name of this plugin? No, there was a synth that came out a few months ago that made all kind of weird grinding noises. I don't remember that. Oh, yeah, it's kind of on a similar tip. So you got four four sort of dials which look like they're in some kind of old school 70s nuclear reactor or something. Ooh. A few dials around them. Basically, this is a synth for people who really like to get in deep and make disturbing noises. I mean, obviously, I mean, you can't see this if you're listening, but mm. the uh, the background images, there's a lot of industrial stuff. But I think even, with, even without that kind of psychological prompting, this thing's got a kind of industrial sound to it anyway, what do you reckon? Yeah, and apparently it's got MPE compatibility, so mm. uh, you can play it with uh, twiggly-wiggly keyboards. Uh, so I guess this is going to be aimed at people who do wacky sound design for media, what do you reckon? I guess so, yeah, or incredibly experimental or producers, I, I wonder how it will actually function as a quote-unquote synth, because I didn't see any amplitude envelope. <laughs> oh, that. free your freaking mind, James. Amplitude envelopes are from the 20th century. We're in the 21st century now. It would be a nice thing to get. Oh, I remember Generate. You're talking about newfangled audio. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Generate, yeah, yeah. was that it? Yeah, they had that free Pendulate plugin. Yeah, that's the one, did, buddy. I think we did cover that. Yeah, we did cover that. Yeah, I think we it's covered similar, that. A similar sort of vibe, kind of really sort of or kind of organic, real-worldy sounding, but also very gnarly noises. And yeah, a similar sort of thing. Yeah, that one was more identifiably a synth. Mm. Whereas this is a bit more of a tone generator and okay. there'd probably be a lot of work to do. Probably, I haven't checked it out, but probably be a lot of work to do to actually get it to, you know, make musical sounds that track with, I don't know, notes. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. <laughs> I mean, don't take my word for it, but I, I, I wanted to shout Sonic Lab out on the podcast because I've been, uh, I've been enjoying uh, reading what every new product that they release is about and what crazy features it has. They seem to specialise in wacky shit. Uh, does this plugin have a wacky price, James? Ooh, wacky price. I, I, you've got access to the demo on well, the website. Um, that's a good question. Is it Where's in my the buy button? Oh, it's in my spreadsheet, yeah. <laughs> oh, well done. Intro price, 59 euro clam and regular price, 79 euro clam. If they'd really been thinking outside the box, yeah. they could have done an intro price that was more expensive than the regular price. Ooh. What do you think about that? Is that clever marketing? That would be kind of clever because everyone's like, yeah, I've got to have this. <laughs> <laughs> 
But then again, the word wouldn't necessarily spread. No, much. I think People it's a terrible would idea. Deliberately wait <laughs> to buy it later and would forget. This is why I do not do marketing. Okay. Terrible idea. Tim, we were talking last episode about Timeless 3, and I said I'd only got to grips with it a little bit. Mm, how's your, has your grip tightened on it? My grip is tightened. I think I've, I've worked out a lot of things much better. I wrote a quick article about it as well. So I had oh, a, a humble brag. I had a reason to check it out properly. It's lovely. It's great. Oh, okay. It's amazing. And it's, it's, <laughs> I, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but it's the best delay that will ever exist oh, in the universe. Shit. So better than the forthcoming Timeless 4 then even. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Amazing. I've, I've said it. It Nothing can be better than this. Timeless 4 is only going to be uh, worse. Oh, wow. Okay. So what's so good about it then, Chief? Um, well, we basically covered a lot of the things that are great about it in the last episode, but it's much easier to use. You've got one central delay time knob. You've got feedback. You've got cross-modulation. And it's much simpler to see what you're dialing in. You can see the delay taps react to the, any mm, feedback mm, tweaks. Mm. You've got EQ there. You've got five effects within it, which are sounding great as well. Modulation is basically limitless. And there's a load of cool little tricks that it can do. Tell me one thing before we go on. <laughs> is it easy to set to triplet time? Actually, that is... You have to go into the Ugh. note menu. Rolls eyes. Yeah, I, having said all that <laughs> all that glowing stuff dotted and triplet and even just snapping to an exact time oh okay. is a bit of a weird one because you've got to set the delay to 100% i.e nothing yes okay and then select the de delay time okay. from a menu and there aren't loads of decisions you can go up to a 16th but then you'd have to whip the delay time up to 200 percent to select a 30 second or something like that oh i see so, well still a little bit of room for improvement now yeah, i think i think it's reasonable to expect a bit easier sort of uh sinky gritty speed timing mm. did you like how incisive i was there taking this plugin down James? yeah clever nice work <laughs> that's why you should never trust me <laughs> okay basically I'm going to demo a few things for you now. This is Timeless 3. You've seen the trailer video. You've seen the Dan Worrell video. Uh, but I'm going to try and show you a few things that you may not have realized about it. Are you ready? Yes. Ready for this? Bang in. Okay. I'm going to kick it in and we're going to start. Lovely. Classic delay with a bit of feedback. Uh, now, let's whip that feedback up. How about that? Oh, wow. It goes to 50%. It goes to 60%. It goes to 80%. But did you know this feedback knob goes over 100%? What? Oh, my Lord. Ah! That got up to 160. Shall I whack it up to 200? <laughs> Why not? This cause a resonance cascade. Oh, wow. Tasteful, right? Yeah, right. I love it. Uh, second thing about Timeless 3. Have you ever used a delay that you can run in mid-side mode? No. Mm. So check this out. As usual, you can pan the different delay times. Usually that works with left and right. So you can make the right channel, for example, have a longer delay time than the left. Mm -hmm. In mid-side mode, it works with your side channel and your mid-channel. 
So currently the side channel is just over twice as long in its delay path than the mid channel is. I could set that the other way. Ooh. So the mid channel has a longer delay time than the side channel. Trippy. Yeah, it's pretty trippy, especially if you don't snap it to exact values. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, the other thing about mid-side mode is that you can use ping pong in mid-side mode. So your echoes will hit the mid, then the side, then the mid, then the side, then the side, then the mid, blah, 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 blah. And not only ping pong, but you can use mid-side mode with the cross feedback control. So they go flish, flash, floosh between each different one. Oh, bonkers. Well, let me jack that back into left, right. Now, next thing, you probably remember the diffuse setting from all the uh, promo. Ooh. If I just put the mix up to 100%, so it's just the echo signal. That's cool. It's basically a reverb, right? Yeah. It's all smeared, James. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's perfectly a reverb, but it's, uh, it's as you say, it's smeared. And now, to control that a bit, one very useful thing you can do is use the dynamics control. We were talking about that on the last episode, weren't we? Like, what is it? I mean, it's compression, but how is it working exactly? How is it working? Well, if you do it with the diffuse control, you can tell it a lot better. If you turn it up, you get a more sausagey sort of wall of sound. <laughs> I guess it's I using do like sausages. I guess it's using some kind of upward compression to uh, just bring the lows up and give you a more consistent high level. But if you turn it down, so you're basically gating it. Listen to this. Ooh. You're basically almost bringing the pattern of the original signal back in. So you yeah, still right. get that diffuse reverby sound, but it's rhythmic related to your original source. So if I mix the thingy back in, that's with the dynamics fully down. Okay. And if I bring the dynamics back up again, it's a bit more like a bed of sound, a bit more. Yeah, right. It's not like that obvious, but that's kind of a good way to get a handle on how dynamics is working. If we turn the diffuse down again, so it's less reverby and it's more delay-ish, let's see how that sounds. Turn the mix back up again. So that's dynamics at full, sausagey. <laughs> and then if we turn it down. Oh yeah. That's more rhythmic, it hits, it's percussive. Yeah. Probably very good with drums, which is what I'm using now if you are deaf. <laughs> oh, these are drums, are they? Yeah. Okay, wow. Gonna switch that off. Uh, next thing I wanted to talk about is the pitch, which is a great function on any delay. Feedback. Yes, make my pitch up, James. Come on. Feedback loop pitch. Let's have it. Ooh. Yes. That's about right. Nice. So you can make that effect less extreme by putting it outside the feedback loop so it just pitches at once. I want it more extreme. But yeah, if you put it inside the feedback loop, it keeps pitching up and pitching up as the feedback goes on. I'll just turn the feedback up. Yes. <laughs> Wicked. Uh, the other thing you can do, which we already know about, is that you can make it so the different channels have a different uh, direction of pitch. So one will go up and the other one will go down. Oh, wow. Oh, bonkers. And remember, you can also do that, I think, in mid-side mode. <laughs> can you? 
That's one thing I haven't tested out, but I think that works. Uh, but what you might have missed, this is a bit of a weak one, but the pitch can be changed in a thousandths of a semitone. <laughs> oh, wow. That is tenths of a cent. So, you know, if you're grooving along at 1.310 semitones, it doesn't <laughs> sound quite right. <laughs> so what you want is to change it to 1.313 oh, yeah. semitones. It gives you a bit of a warmer sound, am I right? Mm. No, it's not quite there. <laughs> I think I think I was closer originally. <laughs> 1.312 semitones. Uh, that's it. Nailed it. Can we, what happens if you go absolutely crazy with the pitch? Uh, it kind of gets so high that it loses itself. No, that's what I want. But so that it just get, goes out of the frequency range. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> Aud audible frequencies are passe. Now it's better to better to have lower settings of pitch shift. Let's move on. Next thing. I'm going to switch the pitch shift off. Let's go into the tap editor, which not many people pointed out. So mm. you have your zero tap, which is the original sound, and you have your 100 tap, and you can click anywhere you want to make a bunch of taps. Yeah. Dub style. If you go back to the previous view... You can see that Ooh, they're yeah. all reflected there. Oh, look, that looks pretty, and it sounds great. <laughs> uh, another thing about this, you can edit them <gasps> just like you might expect, exactly how you want. If you bring one back closer to the original signal, you'll get it showing after the uh, main tap. And you can modulate these as well. You can do quite a lot to them. You can also, if you, you can run them in... <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, yeah, that worked. You can run them in right, left, or mid-side. Oh, what? It, it is with these three taps as side only. Oh, like wow. That. If you feel you're losing control, though... I do, um, regularly. <laughs> you can right-click, and you can randomize taps. I really like how it swaps between the taps view and the uh, other view. It's slick. Mm. And you can do things like ramp them up. So I can just select these ones. Ramp up. Oh, Whoa! No. It does them all. It does them all, mate. And uh, if I just get rid of all the taps, which I think I can do like that. Delete. Ooh. No. Oh, can I just go X? Yeah. Oh, wow. You can. This one's usually set, the main tap. Uh, you can change the panning, you change the game, you can't change the timing unless you click on the menu and you select shifted tap. Ooh. And then you can bring the main tap to where Ooh. the hell you want it. Clever. You don't even need to set it at 100. Uh, let's randomize. That's cool. That is cool. Another thing you can do, a little bonus, you can swap the type of um, delay change. This is in tape mode right now, so it repitches as you shift it. Boom! Which is lovely. But you yeah. can also put it into stretch mode to emulate a sampler, which will basically buffer until it's ready to start playing the new thing. Yeah. That's cool, you. Yeah, but the coolest thing is tape, obviously. Yeah, because you get all the uh, funny pitchy noises, don't you? Have a, have a waggle around with it. Okay, well, I will have a waggle around with it, but I'll do that while freezing the delay button. Oh, I see. So oh. let me put that mix up to 100 again. 
Ice to meet you, James. There we are. We've got a frozen delay buffer. It keeps going. And the final thing you may not have noticed is that while frozen, you can still mess around with the delay time and the feedback. Ooh. Well, maybe not with the feedback, actually. Although eventually, if you do too much processing to it, it will die. Yeah. Oh, epic. Oh, hell yeah. Code <laughs> filtering, that's what I'm all about, buddy. Yep, you can set the delay time. I guess this is the final thing, actually. You can set the delay time to a cool five milliseconds. <laughs> wow. Which is pretty crazy. You can use it for flanging and stuff like that. And that's the root de delay time. So you could go into the editor and make it even... Oh, do it. ...smaller than that. What if we put a load of tiny delays? Oh. Now that is what I'm talking about, son. That is bouncy, my friend. Uh, on that note, I'm going to bring the mix control down. That's, that's actually, cool. That's pretty good, actually. Can we EQ that? <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Nice and metallic. So what happens if you go negative? Because that's hurting my delicate ears. No, it's not as obvious if you go negative. Sure. Anyway, we're done. There's a bunch of things you may not have noticed about Timeless 3. Timmy, I present you with Q. Oh, wow. A plugin based on the late 90s horror movie of the same name, is it? Not even The Cube. It's just called... Just Cube. Cube. Okay, it's a new dimension of sound. It's a new dimension of sound, Tim, and it is a plugin by Lunacy Audio. It is a synth. It's a bit more like sampler in many ways, actually. Uh, I don't think you can change the samples, but it works using sample layers rather than oscillators. Uh, mm. It is, as uh, as we have never heard before from any plugin company, a new kind of instrument. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I think really the best thing for you to do is uh, watch a bit of the video. But imagine for people listening at home, listening on your commute, listening in the park, <laughs> listening in the bath or in the toilet. In the toilet? Uh, in the toilet. <laughs> imagine a cube. Mm. Think outside the box. Sorry, carry on. You know those drawings of cubes where it's a straight on at one face of the cube and it looks like it could be a cube coming towards you, it could be a cube <laughs> going away from you and you don't know. It's that kind of cube. And there are eight points because there are eight corners of a cube. By the way, each one has a different sample layer and you have, ooh, what's this? A ball. <laughs> okay. A ball inside the cube and the ball is moving around inside the cube at extraordinary trajectories. Oh my god, okay. Is it's, it going to bounce off the walls? Uh, well, it bounces wherever you want it to bounce. But Oh, okay. Let me play this video. You'll, you'll see immediately. Ooh. Here it is. Nice graphics. Yeah, it reminds me of the new Bullring Centre in Birmingham. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it sounds like. Oh, it's like Minority Report. You use your hands to make a ball fly around. You don't. You program a path. <laughs> you program a path that the ball goes in, and it corresponds to eight sample layers in each corner of the cube. Okay. It's a 3D engine, and the ball is moving about in a sort of nice geometric shape. 
So this is basically Vector Synthesis, but with another literal dimension, right? I guess so. I mean, the movements that the ball is making don't correspond to the trailer music, which is... <laughs> I feel that's a bit of a fail in, <laughs> okay. in plug-in trailers. It's like, what does this plug-in sound like? Mm -hmm. And you see the plug-in moving, but you're hearing a pre-composed bit of music yeah, right. with one patch from that synth, maybe two. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So it's like, okay, can, I, can you tell me what the cube sounds like? Go over to the walkthrough video. And we can hear. Okay. Here's the theme tune again. Samples in a 3D interface. Here's the intro. Okay. Oh, here we go. Preset examples. The ball is moving around in a sort of petal shape. Oh. Oh. Now in some kind of hurricane, tornado, if you will. The ball has stopped moving, and now it's wiggling around again. Oh my god, it's teleporting around. Nice. And the corners of the cube are lighting up. As it does. I guess they can't call this 3D vector synthesis because is vector synthesis a trademark? Uh -uh. <laughs> now it's going in a double cardioid pattern around the sandwich. Oh, wow. And the cardioid pattern itself is getting bigger. Ooh. Much like your heart is swelling, James. Oh. This does look. Kind of interesting, I've got to admit. It is kind of interesting. Uh, it's also got a, a single macro knob, which I guess is mapped with each preset. It's got a filter. And it's got a thing called Ether, which uh, goes between 0 and 100%, which basically, from, from how I understood it, the Ether knob blends between two sample layers on each corner. Now, unless I've got that wrong, that means you're dealing with eight sample layers, but actually each one of those has an A version and a B version which you can blend between. Wow. That's Another dimension. Yeah. So, right. We've heard the cube. We've seen the cube. We get the examples. It looks kind of cool. I'm not sure. I think one thing that this keeps reminding me of, and this is probably unfair, but it reminds me a lot of contact instruments. Mm-hmm. Uh, Say more. I've played with a lot of sampled instruments, contact instruments. Like, if you were to go to Contact Hub, there'd be loads of these. Not quite as lovely looking, necessarily, but you've got various sample layers, and you blend between them. You know, the work has been done by the developer in making the samples, the sample selection, and making the samples sound mm, great. Yes. And then the rest of the interface is built up around how to customize playing between those, layering them, moving between them in a, a lovely direction of travel, which takes in all the different corners as you go. And it feels like a very similar concept to some of those contact instruments, just a bit more fully featured and packaged as a plugin. Well, I guess the USP is the fact that your ball can teleport around mm. or spiral around yeah. or move in some very interesting ways. And those demos sounded quite nice. Yes. That's but, ultimately, that's what we have to judge this on, I feel. I guess in many ways, it's a bit of a, like you could say a lot of things about Omnisphere as well, because that's sample based. Yeah. I mean, so, yes, Omnisphere... Uh, Spectrosonics are very keen to point out it's a it's a synth, yes. <laughs> but you know it's a synth as well as a virtual analog. Various other forms of synthesis does use samples. And I guess ultimately, when you're looking at Omnisphere or a contact instrument or Cube, um, a lot of it is dependent on the quality of those samples, whether yes. the patches sound good or not. And, and these sound like they're going to sound all right, I reckon. These do sound good, and you've got a lot of variation between the corners, and you can move your ball around them. 
and mm. playing one at the same time. Hopefully, there are enough presets so it's not obvious oh, that person's using that cube patch. Well, this is the thing, buddy. I mean, it's who's going to get to these delicious presets. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I've just scrolled down. <laughs> Whoa. And Tim has seen the price. 249 American clams. You what are you saying about that, buddy? You know, you know what, buddy? There's a bit more to say about that. Not, <laughs> what? Not just 249 being the price tag. Also, get ready for this bombshell. Okay. Can I have a, can I have a, like a bass drop? Like, <laughs> there is no demo. Okay, that's fair enough. I mean, I guess there's no Omnisphere demo. Instead, they make you buy it and give you a 14-day, no questions asked, money-back guarantee. Okay. Mm. I would like to try this instrument, James. Normally, I don't really give a shit about anything, as okay. you know. Yep. This, I feel, is relevant to my interests. I don't want to spend any money. No. I want them to give me a copy for free. Do you reckon I can try and blag it? I'm sure you could. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's, a, let me see if I can get on that. You're a popular guy. <laughs> well, hey, everybody loves Timmy. Um, I guess, like, do you know what? Actually, this makes me think of something I need to tell you. Oh? 249 is not too crazy. Right. For uh, if it's got loads, of, how many patches are we looking at? Well, the thing is, it depends. Um, like, how many good patches are there? You, you Does it say mouthful. how many of the patches are good? You've said a mouthful. Okay. Okay. Let's just let's just briefly slow it down. It says hundreds of sampled instruments. Browse hundreds of eclectic sounds mm, and okay. instruments. Um, so I mean that could mean two hundred, <laughs> but I hope it's more like. <laughs> Five hundred, five or six hundred? Eight hundred. Eight hundred? I'd, 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 I'd demand eight hundred minimum, but hopefully if it's not I there, don't want to spend all day more. looking through patches to decide which is... Just give me the three no, good ones. Well, uh, I guess so, but... Mm. <laughs> Just give me the fluffy pads, guys. Come on, it's let's got, stop messing about. It's got sample editing, it's got effects, it's got uh, a lot of modulation from th uh, four LFOs, um, which you can go quite deep in, it seems. It's got... 400 presets and 40 predefined orbits for the ball. Oh, okay. Actually, it says it says over 3,000 samples. Well, that could mean anything because you could use 3,000 samples in one patch. Uh, so you yeah, know. and it says 100 plus sampled instruments. So I I, I brought you back from the brink of hysteria. There, we, have you, <laughs> you brought me crashing down to earth. Have you got yourself under control? And Very have, much so. Yeah. Do you have something you'd like to say to me? Yes, thank you, James, <laughs> for bringing this to my attention. Um, I don't often see stuff that I want to investigate further, but Cube is one of those things. Can we now pivot into something I want to talk about? Yes. You know, about every like 18 months or so, I buy some music hardware. Yeah. I bought some music hardware. Hey, okay. Now, do you want me to guess? Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yes. In fact, oh, 20 questions? Is that too many? Questions? <laughs> well, why don't I mean, you just have a, have a few guesses? I'll have a first. few guesses. Okay. I might not know what it is. Come on. I mean, well, no. Do I know what this thing? Almost certainly. Okay. Is it a more of a utility such as like a, a audio interface or a mic? No. Or is it a creative thing such as a, a synth or, a, or an effects program? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's is it, creative. Is it, is it synth? Yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is it a Roland synth by any chance? Not exactly, no. <laughs> Not exactly. Well, no is the answer, is really. It made by Roland. No, it's the other one. Korg. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we all know what we're talking about. I think, like, you, you should guess it very quickly from this point. Okay. So it's, is it one of their newer... No. Ah, it's one of their older... Yeah. Okay. I mean, let's think about that. Uh, MS-20? 
No, mate. Are they like ridiculous? Think about what think about what Timmy enjoys. What does Timmy? What does Timmy got a lot of? Timmy, I <laughs> think I got it. Timmy loves workstations. Yes, that's right. And he loves cork workstations. Uh, I bloody do, yeah. Such as the M1. Yes. Uh, such as the, what was that, 950 or whatever. Uh, 960, uh, 670. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All the, things. Ooh, the, the, ooh, the numbers um, are more of a rolling Pharrell, thing. Pharrell. What was the one Triton. he used? Triton. Getting closer. Okay. <laughs> someone who doesn't care very much about this oh stuff. Oh my God, I've got, Philistine. I've got some knowledge. I don't know. Okay, you're, you're in the right ballpark. I'm going to basically give it to you. So I got the rack version of the Trinity, ah, which okay. is the precursor to the Triton. I would not have got that. Oh, really? Mm. Well, I guess you're a little bit young for that sort of thing, James. Um What's interesting, well, when I say interesting, I, I see you yawning there, James, and I'm going to take that very personally. Um, no, actually, actually, <laughs> I, have, I have muscle fatigue from smiling. So <laughs> I was holding my mouth in a weird way. Okay, so the Trinity is basically the workstation that came out before the Triton. It's actually more advanced in some ways. The rack version gets rid of the touch screen and mm. basically all of the controls. And also the patches as well. It gives you a bunch of different patches. Does it take away the audio as well? It takes away the audio. <laughs> you see, they've streamlined it. It's basically a very expensive box that you plug in and it consumes power and doesn't make any noise. Nice. Um, so basically, uh, yeah, it's just like a 1U 19-inch rack that's got a load of program and combi presets. Mm. I think using the same waveforms as the Trinity, nah. uh, but programmed in different ways. And you get 512 progs and 512 combis. And I got it for under 200 squiddies on eBay. The price of it seems to be going up. So I thought I'd get in there and get one while it was still relatively affordable. Nice. Checked out all the patches last week. I've got to say, it's a flipping corker, mate. It's corga, I could yeah, say. Yeah. It's possibly the best bit of music hardware I've ever bought, even though I haven't even looked into the programming. I'm not sure you, how much programming you can even do on it at all. It's only got like six or ten buttons on the interface. But the patches are of stunning quality. Hmm. And there's so much of that <clears throat> stupid floatiness that I like <laughs> and kind of futuristic noises. How many pads are we talking? The, mate, so many pads. <laughs> it's got, it's got the, I think it's got the most pads of any bit of hardware I've got. It's really, really crazy. And also, it looks fantastic. It's silver. It's got a giant, because there's barely any buttons on it, it's got a giant LED interface, which has like big chunky text on it that looks fantastic. Oh. A kind of green backlight. Yeah. yeah, I'm really, really happy with it for once. In fact, it's the only thing in my life that I, has ever not disappointed me, I feel. Well, that sounds great. Yeah, it's really great. I've already made some lovely samples with it. Well, so maybe um, the next time we're together at your place, uh, we can make a little clam-only video. Oh, man, I'll show you some of the... Do you, well, show me the pads. Because I'm a gigantic nerd, James, the first thing i did was i went through all of the patches and ah. i noted down which ones were good so uh, yeah i can definitely do that for take, you study jim takes a tour on a tour of your notebook uh <laughs> yeah, yeah it's gonna be like the keanu reeves slash sandra bullock rom-com basically was that the notebook was that keanu reeves i don't know was that sandra bullock look it up on google Who's this sandra is what bullock? this podcast is all about yeah <laughs> we have strayed okay okay well anyway look hey now i've got one 
feel free to try and get a Korg TR rack. Also, now I want a proper Trinity, but I don't want to spend any money and I don't Ooh. have any room in my house. You know what I was going to say? You're saying that this was cheap on eBay. Yeah. And you expected it to be more expensive. Do you think that the pandemic hobbyist music making craze has now ended and everyone's like, ah, I'm going to sell this? I don't know. I am. St- I haven't really seen any Korg 01WRs for ages, which is the thing. Like This is my holy grail right. that I want to get. I haven't seen one of those in months and months and months, so I don't know if it is, frankly. Mm. What's so good about that? It's well, so it's based, so it's sampling a synthesis engine, much like an M1. It's in fact, it's the the immediate successor to the M1, uh-huh. but it has a wave shaping functionality that is kind of like there was you, you don't really get in any other sampling and synthesis workstations, hmm. and you can make some unique sounds with it with the sample contents. Sounds cool. So it's responsible for many of the uh, iconic techno stabs of intelligent early 90s dance music which is why i want why to get want one it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a little stab machine for you yeah okay. exactly and i yeah i want to investigate how it actually works because i don't really know well, so yeah you deserve one i do you know stab, I, mean. I do deserve one don't worry guys i've got it my safe searches on ebay it's the one thing i really want now so uh, we'll see if i get it amazing and just quickly before we end the episode how's your youtube career going Oh, it's going fine. 700 subs. Hey. So, you know, it's all right and everything. I put a roll in the thumbnail yeah, of the, the most recent video I did. I'm really, you know. <laughs> I think you, you, maybe you, oh, 705 subs. 705 nice. people, Seven, big time. 706 now, the podcast just subscribed to you. Oh, wicked. And, uh, thanks. Uh, yeah, you put a roll. I was, I was thinking you were maybe trying to court uh, a... a controversy with <laughs> saying it's a roll because people from different regions of the country will say it's a bap it's a bomb oh it's god a i didn't cop. even think but no, no my southern privilege made me not even think that people might get confused with a bap so what do you call it where you where you come from then i think it was a bap originally but i've, I've been to lots of places where it's lots of things where we look James. No, no, no. No, I really want to talk about this. No, no, no. no. We're going to talk about it. What is your lo- the local speciality from where you come from in the weird north that you come from? I think it may have been some kind of oat cake. <laughs> uh, which is, you know, it's, it's very old fashioned, kind of medieval. It's fine for you because it's gluten free, baby. Oh, yeah. God, I do like oats. Okay, Although, fair enough. Maybe just for you, we stick a bit of flour in it. Oh, you bastards. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, we've gone dreadfully off topic. That was that was the, that was Cube <laughs> by Lunacy Audio. Good luck, guys. Yay! Okay, well, it's time to roll on out of here, I guess, Timmy. Bap on out of here, you might say. Carb on out of here. <laughs> oh, I like that one. I enjoyed being uh, in my office with you. <laughs> Thanks, mate. I think it's better than uh, better than doing it remote. I like to do it remote because then I don't have to leave my house and then I can get on with some proper work uh, immediately after we finish. We didn't get any seagull action today. They weren't on the roof. Yes, are they all dead? Uh, not that I know. Okay. They could still be up there. But... I mean, I can smell rotting seagull 
carcasses, but maybe that's just you. That's just me. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> oh, I was up in the roof of my building today, and occasionally chicken, not chicken, what was I saying? Chicken, pigeon legs, <laughs> like disembodied pigeon legs just appear. Oh my um, God, because they've been eaten by seagulls. Yeah. But that is messed <laughs> up, mate. And, yeah, there was a fresh one up there today, just like a bone with some red flesh on oh it. Oh my just, God. Just hanging out up there. Well, <laughs> I think that's a fitting <laughs> note to end the podcast on. So yeah, <laughs> I guess... I guess we'll be back in two weeks, everybody. <laughs> oh, God. If the world is still here, it's completely falling apart <laughs> at this point. Bye-bye. Bye! Bye!